Welcome to the What's Your Ethos podcast. Hi, I'm Peter Colas, the CEO of Ethos. Today, I talk with Barry Clarkson, the CEO of Equus Financial and managing partner of Integrity Marketing Group. Equus is an insurance marketing organization supporting tens of thousands of agents. We discuss the company's amazing growth trajectory through COVID, commitment to empowering and training agents, the blockbuster acquisition by Integrity, and his sound leadership principles. So let's listen now. Okay, welcome to the What's Your Ethos podcast, where we interview the leaders from insurance carriers, distributors, and insurtechs tackling some of the thorniest issues in the industry. Hi, I'm Peter Colas, the CEO of Ethos. Today we have with us an amazing guest, Barry Clarkson, the CEO of Equus Financial and a managing partner of Integrity Marketing Group. Founded by industry veterans in 2015, Equus is an insurance marketing organization for independent insurance agents and it's at considerable scale. Through progressive technology, state-of-the-art training, and a competitive product portfolio, Equus has created a proven system for agents to develop a business of their own. We are so excited to hear from Barry today. Barry, thank you for joining us. It is uh, my pleasure, uh, Peter, and uh, just happy to be on with you. So Barry and I have gotten to know each other through a partnership between Ethos and Equus. He's an incredible person. Barry, before Equus, you created National Agents Alliance, NAA, which is one of the most wildly successful and famous insurance marketing brokerages. How did you initially get into the business of protecting families? Can you briefly take us through your career journey and how you got to your current role at Equus? Yes, certainly. Um, Peter, not, I shouldn't be proud to say this, but I was actually skipping a, skipping a class in college, a psychology class in April of 1980. And uh, a gentleman beside us in a booth at a restaurant ended up getting stood up and heard my friend and I over talking about a summer job and invited us to a meeting. And being that the prospects at that time were extremely low, both of us showed up. And, you know, I think back, Peter, 43 years later, we're both in the insurance business. Neither one of us have had another job outside of the insurance business uh, since that initial meeting, other than that summer when we did our summer jobs. But, um you know, for really from 1980, I ended up going full time in the business in January of 1982 and just focused on, you know, recruiting and building, learning the business, learning how to, to you know, manage people, to inspire people uh, during, you know, those many years, especially in the 80s and left the company that I was with at that time. I was with them for 12 years, left April 1st of 1992, went out on my own and had a close friend in Ponte Vedra Beach, Florida in 1994 that introduced me to the mortgage lead business, just contacting people that had recently taken out a mortgage or home equity loan um, on their home. And, and candidly, it was something that really turned my career around. Uh, it was having, for the first time, understanding what it was like taking a qualified prospect 
and having and putting that in front of a qualified agent. And together it allowed us to grow exponentially, which we did through the 90s. And then I had the opportunity with two great leaders in the industry um, to be able to, to start National Agents Alliance at the time. And, you know, the first four or five years there was absolutely magical. Uh, interest rates were low. Um, until I was telling someone yesterday, we were mailing uh, that first four or five years, I think we were averaging mailing maybe 1.3 million pieces of mail every week, Peter. So we were producing, you know, 14, 15,000 leads a week. And that was kind of hard to screw up, honestly. Um, you know, I think our fourth year, we were paying for over 100 million of simplified issue business. And it was just, it was exciting to be a part of that. Uh, we, we were fortunate and blessed early on to, to find and attract a lot of quality people that were driven, uh, to go build great businesses for themselves. And so, uh, that company still does extremely well today. Uh, Andy Albright is, uh, is um, an integrity partner, uh, managing partner with me today. And so we've been able to maintain that relationship. And, um, you know, I had a daughter that we lost that I shared with you. And in June of 2008, and I ended up through a lot of that uh, experience, um, actually getting out of the business uh, for a while and um, had an opportunity to re-engage back in January of 2016 in my current role at Equus, which is CEO. And uh, we have really been doing the mortgage business and a number of other leads um, systems uh, the last seven years. And uh, it's been fun. We've got some incredible people on our team. Uh, they're the ones that our success are really largely due because of, of what they've done. But um, and then had an opportunity, as you know, and mentioned, uh, we were acquired by Integrity Marketing Group and being able to work with, I think, some of the titans in the industry and certainly Brian Adams and his leadership uh it's just, you know, their resources are incredible. And, and by doing that, it really solidified the future of Equus Financial. And, um, we have had five of our managers at Equus that have recently been acquired by Integrity also. And, uh, that was just a dream of mine. So that's a little bit just of, uh, of, of the history over the last 43 years. Wow. And so you s step back from NAA. And in between joining Equus, last time we were together, you told me that you started a cattle business. Can you just briefly tell us a little bit about the cattle business? That was business? a detox business, actually. Peter. <laughs> no. No, you know what? Um, we had an opportunity to do that when I stepped away from the, uh, from the insurance business at NAA. Maybe the time period, Peter, that I had the most fun in my life, my son and I got in the purebred Angus business and traveled all over the country, met some incredibly interesting people. And it was a brand new business. Yes, a lot of hard work, but also a lot of fun. And, you know, it. Uh, I tell people this all the time. In fact, I've actually used some of these stories and in at Equus, um, there's so many parallels in uh, the cattle business 
And to me, in the lead business that we're in, you know, it is uh, you have to be extremely disciplined in the cattle business to make money. And uh, regardless of how much land you have, there's a certain amount of cattle, depending on the region in the country, that uh, you can put on that land. And I know you know a little bit about that because we were talking um, at our last meeting together. But, um, you know, again, you know, every year we would have to get rid of, uh, which was always tough for me, Peter, the bottom third of our herd to make room yeah. for the new calves coming in. And um, unfortunately, it's like that in the insurance business. There are only a certain amount of leads. And, and uh, those people that run great productive shops that are very profitable also have that ability to to manage their agents and their closing ratios um, just as we did back in the cattle business. So, you know, listen, I'm glad I didn't have to make my living at that, but it was a great, uh, it was a lot of fun and being able to spend that time with my son uh, will always uh, be very, very fond memories. Okay. So you get the urge and desire to go back into the amazing insurance business, which I agree with you. Most people either join because they have a lot of family yes. in the insurance business or some very random way that they kind of stumble into it. Yes. Um, you join Equus, um, you become CEO. Can you tell us about Equus today, the scale, the products you focus on, how you go to market, the, the key differentiators? Um, just, you know, yeah. I think, honestly, um, I've been out of the business for five years, and I love our business. Uh, I love working with agents. I uh, am very passionate, Peter, about working in middle-income America. I think, candidly, it's one of the most underserved, if not the most underserved market uh, out there today. And for the first time in my career, I was able to come in. I, I, I looked at it as having a blank canvas, maybe looking back at a lot of the mistakes that we had made and uh, in the past and said, hey, what would it be like to build a company again? Um, I was not a founder of, of Equus. The company had already been founded, but uh, only three or four months old uh, when they approached me about joining them. And I had four great partners um, early on um, to help build. But again, our target is middle income America. Um, we started, you know, our, our main focus, um, Peter, was what we knew was the mortgage lead business. Um, you know, the cost of acquisition today and in, in producing leads is different than it was when we started National Agents Alliance back in the early 2000s. So we've tried to be, um, you know, more equipped before as, as far as handling the needs of, of our mortgage lead clients. Um, so that has really been a focus. We work with some great carriers out there that I think early on, Peter, bought into the vision of Equus, what we were trying to create. And there were really five main pillars that when we started that we focused on. Uh, at the top of the list, we wanted to be incredible lead generators. Again, you know, from personal experience, I knew what that meant to me in my career. 
I think most agents struggle, their nemesis or people to talk with. It's not that they don't love what they do. They're just poor prospectors. And I certainly understand that from uh, past experience. You know, number two, we went after, and I say we went after, we tried to identify carriers that, number one, they were in a growth mode. Uh, they shared our vision. They had products for serving middle-income America. It's, it's where, you know, Air Passion was. And, and we found some incredible carriers early that had it not been for them and their commitment, I can assure you, Peter, we wouldn't be where we are today. Um, number three, we wanted to build a great infrastructure. Um, which we did. We had a lot of help there, um, you know, with some, some key people in our company. Uh, we're domiciled in North Carolina in the Blue Ridge Mountains of Asheville. And um, early on, I guess our second year, we went out and, and um, really got our first nice office, Peter. Um, we had 50-some employees. We made the commitment to you know, to give them health benefits and, and, a, and a retirement program. And, and you know, we were able to attract people that cared, uh, people that had a passion for serving uh, the agents within Equus. And so, you know, we were trying to create this model um, that maybe most people never would get to of, you know, the office and, and the the infrastructure um, but we wanted people that had a desire to build, that had that entrepreneurial spirit of saying, listen, I'd love to be in business for myself, but there's so many limitations, especially financially, that will not allow me to get there. That was really what we were trying to take care of. And then we felt like, um, you know, we would attract the right people. I think we built a great technology platform that was agent friendly, also agent focused. Um, certainly by far our largest expenditure, um, the first three or four years. Um, Peter, I'm not a uh, technology person, but I realize it costs a lot to do that in a, in a grandiose way. And, uh, so we, we, we again were able to do that. Um, then the, the, you know, the other thing, we wanted to put a lot of focus on training. We wanted people training our agents, um, Peter, that had been in the field, that had carried a briefcase, that understood what a chargeback felt like when you had your mortgage payment due tomorrow. And so we started just traveling the country. One of my partners and one of the founders, Bill Martin, um, really was in charge of that. And Bill made his living personally selling for over 30 years. He certainly had a small agency, but, but he was just, again, to me, a superstar, um, in the industry in regards to his training. And, and so he started traveling the country and, um, you know, it's hard to put an impact on what he did in equipping our agents to, to be professional out there. So that was how we went to market. Um, you know, our products, uh, you know, our key products are simplified issue products that have a little bit more liberal underwriting. Um, and that, you know, since that period of time, we've moved into the advanced markets division. 
Uh, we sell a lot of annuity business, a lot of value wells. We're also in the debt elimination business, which is certainly, I think, one of the most, Peter, debilitating things in our country today outside of health challenges uh, is debt and, and what it does to, to people's, you know, their health, their marriages, their family. And so we're very committed to helping people get on a pathway of be, of living a debt-free life. And, um, you know, I think a lot of our agents and certainly me, if there's a hot button or a passion button, uh, it's helping people get out of debt. Amazing. So to summarize, it sounds like some of the really core advantages at Equus are one, being able to identify and recruit the right kind of agent talent, make them successful with both technology infrastructure, but also amazing and differentiated training. And then lastly, uh, ability to supply them with great leads um, because prospecting is often the lifeblood, but the most difficult part of being a life insurance agent. Yes, absolutely. It, it is. So, so on, on the last point you brought up, a lot of life insurance is focused on help, helping wealthy people stay wealthy. Yes. One of the reasons I love Equus and a big part of our mission at Ethos is accessing a much broader population. Can you tell me about the nuances of serving the middle market? You know, how did you identify that as a core strategy? And wh what are some of the amazing pros and cons that come, come along with it? Well, you know, I think number one, if you look at middle income America, for most people, their largest asset is their home, number one. I know this. It is the thing that they are the most passionate about. You know, I think if you look in our country today and you look at, at statistics, the number one and uh, two reasons that people lose their homes and are foreclosed on, uh, it's death and disability. And the, the, the sad thing about it, Peter, you know, when death occurs, whether it's a spouse and we'll focus on that or whether it's a child, it is by far the most devastating period of time and emotional distress that they've ever experienced while they've been on this earth. And so when you look at that and then you immediately add, am I going to be able to make my house payment? next month? Am I going to be able to make my cell phone payment? How about groceries? All of those are real uh, and important issues. And, you know, I think about, you know, well, let me let me make this statement because I say it a lot to our company uh, or to our agents and, and to our managers that I've never seen people have any longevity, Peter, in our industry that didn't first have a heart and a passion for what they do for the consumer. And I know that's easy to say, but, you know, I think when Barry Clarkson woke up is when I delivered my first death claim. And I realized at that time it was, uh, um, it was actually, uh, my personal assistant. Um, and they were either in their, she and her husband were either in their late thirties. I believe they were in their late thirties, had two children. Um, Steve lost his life through a just very unfortunate set of circumstances. And I remember walking in that home with a death claim check and sitting at that kitchen table. And I was young and looking at those two children 
And um, even though at the time it felt like a big check, if memory serves me, Peter, it's maybe 150000 But it was, I, I realized I did not do my job. That, that, you know, they should have had much more coverage than that. And so, you know, I, I think that, number one, that, that's paramount, right? So it creates a lot of opportunities. You know, the other thing, um, for people is most of their retirements and middle income are, are tied to their employment with 401k. Uh, they don't have a lot of discretionary income to be able to fund an IRA or some other investment. So some of the things that we feel like we need to do a better job of is, you know, finding out where their debt is, helping eliminate debt, creating cash flow. Um, and a lot of times, and, and, and I know you know this, it's limited, but having, finding it and directing it, uh, to a great, you know, retirement plan, whether that's an annuity or, or whatever, whatever it may be. Um, but there are a lot of needs. College education is certainly, I think, uh, an area that most middle-income people struggle with. And having a savings program and being able to, to you know, do a number of those things. So, but there are challenges there, and I think a lot of the challenges is because of, uh, you know, the limited amount of income. But, but it's a, it's certainly a market that you know, has a, has a tremendous amount of needs. And, and even through all the innovation in our industry and automation, I have certainly found, Peter, in this market, um, it's hard to, to put a price on an agent and a relationship with, um, with the client. Yeah, it, to me, it's frustrating that oftentimes the families that need life insurance the most are the last to get it. And yes in part because of uh, financial ability, but also in part because the industry doesn't put half the focus in designing products for this market that they do into upper income markets. And also, you know, Equus is the outlier. Most distribution does not focus on this market due to the economics of the transaction. And so I think it's an amazing opportunity, you know, to uplift a lot of people and change the trajectory of families' lives. So, yes, no and, question. You know, the other thing I'd say is at, at Ethos, when we think about our business, most of our team are technologists and data scientists. And one of my great regrets is that most people at our company never delivered a claims check because the automated nature of our business. And so I think it's such a privilege to be able to really embrace the honor of what we do, which is protecting families in their most vulnerable time. And, you know, it's and just that an may, awesome mission to be involved. That may be so, Peter, but I want to just say this. What an incredible team you have assembled. You know, I had the opportunity to, to participate in one of your meetings, and uh, Emily and I both left just totally inspired to not only be there, but to feel the passion that every person that I met in that room, it just showed up and it was impactful. So they may not be delivering the death claim, but what they're doing is incredible. And uh, congratulations on, on your team. It's, it, was, uh, it was quite an opportunity and honor to be there with you and, and, and them. Thanks, Barry. I appreciate it. So in 2020, Equus joins the Integrity family which is a, a big juncture in the journey. 
Um, can you yes. tell me what was the transition like and what's it like being part of their network? You know, it, it, it was unexpected. Let me say that because we were only four years old as a company. And, um, you know, the, the last thing that I expected was to have a company like Integrity that would have interest in, you know, in Equus. And, um, but, you know, it, it's been an incredible journey with them. You know, I can't say enough about Brian Adams and his leadership and certainly the team that he's assembled. And, um, I think it's evident in the titans of the industry that are now Integrity Partners. Um, you know, for me personally, I think the collaboration with a lot of the leadership there, um, finding out how they drive their business, I think I found that each leader uh, have their own nuances of, of the way they manage the business, the way they attract talent. Um, and, and being in a situation with people that, uh, share best practices, um, also share the landmines to stay away from. So that's been an opportunity, uh, exposure to, to carriers, um, that we didn't have before. I think, um, you know, they have brought a number of proprietary products to Pacific needs uh, to market and having the opportunity uh, to be able to have those products and give those products to our sales force has been incredible. But, you know, as I said before, I think when I look at it through my eyes, I look at you know, our, our country today, where we are, I mean, you know, these are inflationary times. Businesses are going out of business uh, or companies are going out of business, excuse me. Um, having someone like Integrity and, and those broad shoulders uh, certainly brings a comfort to me because there are a lot of people uh, internally as well as agents that depend on uh, what we do every day for their livelihood and, and they've bet their future on us and, and integrity has certainly helped us be able to, to, um, deliver what we committed and promised, um, early on when people joined us. Amazing. And so COVID was really a monumental time <laughs> in our industry, yes. right? Not only for the consumers, and their drive into life insurance and the reckoning with mortality, but also agents trying to go from a offline world to an online world and figure out how to, how to serve families yes. uh, during a really difficult time of demand. Equus really capitalized on the opportunity and delivered remarkable growth throughout COVID. Can you just share with us, what was it like to manage and support your agent force how did you guys adapt and, and, you know, leverage the opportunity? Peter, first, one of, you know, maybe frightening is a strong word, Peter. It's certainly one of the most scary times in business. You know, I, I think back in March uh, of 2020 when we started to understand COVID and when it looked like we certainly did not understand the impact uh, that it would have, but we did know that they were starting to shut companies. I mean, you know, shut things down and, and it scared us to death. I mean, you know, we had again at that time, I think 50 some employees we were mailing. I mean, it was just, we were full steam ahead. 
And then now we could not do business the way that we were accustomed to doing it. So, um, you know, I want to, if it's okay to mention a couple of names. First, I want to talk about my partner, uh, Bill Martin. Um, what we did, we, we, we jumped on a Zoom meeting and we started doing that every week to let people know that we are here. We haven't gone anywhere. We're still in business. Peter, when I think back looking at the end of March, April, and May, um, we had the largest turnout for our Zoom meetings. I, we were averaging over 800 people jumping on a Zoom meeting in the mornings. And I think they just wanted to make sure, hey, man, is Equus, are you guys still, you still in business? And so then we had a couple of agents. I think of my other partner, Rob Jones, his son, Connor, um, which I think was at the time 20 or 21 years of age. Um, he just started figuring how to, how do you do this? And was willing to go through a lot of trials and tribulations, but within 60 Peter to 90 days, uh, we were right back to where we were before COVID hit. And had it not been for the leadership of, of Bill, being on the phone, answering questions. How do you make that connection through your computer screen or a camera? Um, we had to figure all of those things out. And, you know, the, the great thing is we found that our quality of business did not suffer at all. Um, you know, our placement, uh, our persistency on that block, uh, never missed a beat. In fact, if anything, I think it's even higher today. Um, and then I don't know the exact percentage, but I would say 65 to 70 percent of Equus's business in 2023 is, is still done virtually on what we learned through COVID. But, you know, you look at the positives, um, you know, what it's allowed our agents to do is if they've got a non-resident license to be able to work throughout the country, not get in a car all the time and, and put miles on it or gasoline or hotels or being away from the family. Um, and so, you know, through COVID, uh, we found, I think, a great way to do business. And it has allowed us to scale from a recruiting standpoint uh, as as well as doing business in areas, in remote areas, that maybe we would not have had the opportunity to do before. That's amazing. Uh, what I'm just trying to, you know, put myself in the agent's place and think about what an abrupt workflow change from in-person all day, every day, and that's what you know, and then your livelihood completely changes to um, having to make a remote sale effectively and yes. build trust with, you know, a family. It's, it's, it was a really remarkable time. It's been said that Equus has some of the best training in the industry. And I think we've observed that as your partners. And when we look at how productive your agents are um, and how thoughtful you are about it, can you share a bit about the training program, how you guys developed it, how it's, how it's really unique. 
Well, you know, we've been fortunate. And again, Peter, I know I'm biased when I say this. I think we have some of the best agents, top agents in the country. I think not only are they professional, but I think they care. And they've had this willingness to get on and to do videos, to answer questions, to participate um, on our coaching calls that people can ask any question, no judgment, and and be able to get answers to, to, uh, to the areas that they're struggling in. And again, a lot of times they, you know, as you know in business, man, you can do 98, 99% of, uh, of things right. It reminds me of playing golf in the golf swing. It doesn't take much to be off and, and uh, hit it out of bounds and have to re-tee. And so um, we have created on through Air Technology uh, something we call Training Center. And whether it is making a phone call, setting an appointment, whether it's overcoming objections, um, whether it's what products to offer, when to offer, um, how to go through that process, um, are not from people that have never been involved in their business, but they are people that make their living at it every day. And I think a lot of times that's the uniqueness of what we try to bring to the table. Um, is people that have done it and made their living. And there's just something when, you know, it's one thing to write a book about something or to, to get up and talk about it. But when you've made your living at this, I think you bring um, not only a head knowledge, Peter, but, but a heart knowledge to it. And that's what we've tried to build our training center around. Um, we travel the country most all of our leadership, um, you know, our key word with them is engagement. Um, it is being hands-on. Um, we obviously have some that do a better job than others at that. Um, but I believe there's an obligation if you're receiving an override or a commission on your downline agents that that we serve our agents. That's what Equus does. You know, um, our clientele it's their agent force. We work for them. Uh, they have a lot of options out there, and we have to show up every day and, and provide provide value for them to stay with us. And, and it's why I think when you're in leadership, um, you know you, you you don't get to you don't get to cool it, so to speak. Right? I mean, you have to show up with your A game every day, or um, things can things can go south, but um, that's that's a lot of our training. It's just from people that are out there, but it's been their willingness um, to share their best practices, and I think it has been contagious throughout the Equus community. Amazing. And can you talk a bit about the technology that you've built? Really, how does it uh, empower the agent workflow and allow them to be more successful? And yes. then when you think about the opportunities for technology to keep improving as far as making the agent more successful, where do you see us having to go in the future? Well, here's what I'm going to say about our technology. You know, I, I realize this goes in, in maybe without saying, but, you know, I try to look at every agent, not as an agent that's just selling insurance, Peter, but it's an entrepreneur. It is a self-employed individual. So our mission uh, at Equus, we call ourselves the agent's company. And I take a lot of pride in that. And But what we are working on 
number one uh, of every business, number one role is to stay in business, right? And and to be able to have longevity. So there are certainly metrics that that are out there that are data driven. Um, that we have built our technology around, right? I mean, I think I think the given is it is it takes activity, right? You've got to be able to work. You've got to be able to overcome the ebbs and flows of our emotions as to whether things we had a good day or or we had a bad day. Um, but what we've tried to do with our technology is to give them literally every aspect of what's inside of their business. For example, it's one thing to submit an insurance case. It is another thing to have that case issued in place, right? What are their placement rates? What are their persistency? You know, what's their persistency on the block? Uh, what is the trajectory of their business? You know, you can go back and I have on our main page when you open up, um, it's got their, it has your last 90 days, right? You're either growing or dying. And um, you either have a red line or a green line. Red, Peter, is not good, by the way. Um, and so you're able to go back and look every day over the last 90 days and even beyond. That's just what's there. Um, as to what, how much business did you do on that day? So, um, it is a lot, a lot of our technology outside of just training, um, on product and so forth. Most of it that, that I'm passionate about, um, it's giving, it, it's being able to deliver to them, uh, statistical data that they can go back, as, as I do, and look at the high points and the low points. What happened to the business that created either of those? Um, I, I say this a lot. Hope is not a strategy, right? We all yeah. hope for a good day, but, it, but it's not a strategy. And so, you know, we've tried to work with our, our agents. All of us have different abilities, right, um, and, and skill sets. And so what we want to do or what our, our goal was and our mission as we were starting to build our technology is to not just make it around built whether you have a good personality or a bad personality, whether you're a technology person or or not, but but really make it data and metrics driven um, to where you can see if if I purchased this many leads as an example, if I was able to for our agency builders, how many people did we bring through the front door? How many of them got licensed? How many of them actually made a sale? They went out and helped a client, right? How many of them got involved in the recruiting process? Um, and so you're able to look at all of that. And more importantly than just looking at it, see if you had that consistent activity. What were the effects on the business, whether it be production or your cash flow? But, but certainly... Um, air technology has helped do that. Makes sense. So let's talk about your leadership. You are a iconic leader within our industry. You lead an organization that supports tens of thousands of agents who are dependent on Equus for their livelihood, as you've said. What do you love about your leadership role and what do you not like about it? 
what I love about it, you know, I love working with new talent. I love seeing them go out and develop confidence uh, through consistent activity. Um, I love to see new leaders emerge. It may be the most challenging part of our business, Peter, but it's it's our future. It's the livelihood of our business. And so it's certainly something that we spend uh, a lot of time on. Um, what, you know, the part that maybe I don't like the best, um, you know, you have to make hard decisions in business. You you, you do. Um you know, focusing whether it's on our net revenue or our profitability and, and, you know, making decisions that everyone does not understand that may not even be fair with everyone. But, you know, being able to keep the doors open, um, there are a lot of things, as you know, as a CEO, that happen behind the scenes that um, maybe we we carry that burden um, that we're not able to share with everybody. But, you know, I think as a CEO, I think you have to make tough decisions to, and, and be able to have the ability, to the best of our ability, to, to look into, you know, three, four, five years down the road. And are we on a trajectory path that we're accomplishing our goals? And, um, you know, at, at Integrity, are we, are we building shareholder value for our other partners out there? And that's certainly part of it also. Yeah. Leadership is not a popularity contest, it's not. unfortunately. <laughs> so, you know, take us into the inside view of your role. How do you manage the business day to day? What do you focus on? You know, because not everyone of our listeners is leading a large business. You know, what does your day encompass? Well, I, uh, I, I am blessed uh, to have a great management team, both, both internally as employees of Equus, as well as our leadership in the field. And so a lot of my communication comes, you know, through our agent force, through our leadership. But, you know, I, you know, I'm fortunate talking about our technology to look at the numbers. And, and when you look at the numbers, you react. Um, you know, and, and the one thing about it, uh, you can't hide from, from the numbers. The numbers tell the truth regardless of, 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 of how we feel. But, you know, things that I spend a lot of my time on, um, you know, culture, Peter, is at the top. I think a lot of times it's the most challenging. Um, I find that anytime we um, maybe fall back or our culture's moving in the wrong direction, it's a communication problem. Um, you know, I think great leaders, I think great leaders uh, have the ability to communicate often. Um, I think they have the ability to motivate and I, I, I don't think motivation is always about being happy and, and, and positive. I think the right people that are driven uh, aren't looking for fluff, right? I mean, their motivation is is maybe tough coaching. Um, you know, I think a, another big part of, of what I do is, is encouragement. Um, you know, I think here recently, I think the last, what, eight or nine months uh, in our country, uh, for salespeople have been tough. You know, we talked about middle-income America. Uh, the grocery bill is more today, Peter. Uh, not as much discretionary income. And so, 
you know, just being out there working with our leaders on what their mission is. Now, I heard something, and it goes back, Peter, to the 1980s. Why do most people fail in our business? Maybe it's applicable to a lot of businesses, but in looking at the insurance business, lack of activity, lack of cash flow, and no definite management philosophy or game plan that you're committed to every single day through the highs and the lows. So what we try to manage more closely than anything are those three things, you know, and, um, you know, we obviously leads are at the top of that list. We have a great uh, lead manager um, that oversees that at, at Equus and um, so, you know, we, we, we work on a number of things, but maybe they are some of the more pressing things. Um, we're fortunate in that I think Equus uh, has some of the highest uh, placement and persistency in the industry, but it's because we measure it, we talk about it, we reward and punish um, if, if I could say the, use the word punish here, um, quality of business. And, uh, because that is directly, uh, that's a direct relationship with our relationship with their carriers. You know, they need to make money on our block. So all of those type of issues are, are things that I personally am very hands on. You guys do an amazing job of operating in a business with no North Star, where you're able to not only manage growth, but in addition, uh, mortality and persistency and uh, underwriting costs and everything related to. Um, so. Well, thank you. Uh, so we'll do a, a quick fire round of getting to know you personally. Um, okay. Favorite place to vacation? Whistler, BC. Ooh, beautiful. Favorite sport to play or watch? Golf. Last thing that you went really deep on learning that didn't have to do with life insurance? Golf. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that the results are as positive, but do have I gone deep there? Yes, Peter. Maybe not the answer you were expecting. Um, favorite book to recommend? You know, one of my favorite books, and it's just a little short read. It was co-authored. There's so many great leadership books out there. But if you're going to, if you are working with people, um, one of the, and it's a true story called The Way of the Shepherd. And um, I wish I could think of the authors right now. You've, I've, I'm on the spot and gone blank here on you. But it is about a, um, a businessman that ran a technology company. Um, I believe it was in Austin that had a farm. Um, and he was, a he was a sheep farmer on the weekends. Hmm. And he draws the parallel of, the, of running his sheep farm. And he's wildly successful. Um, but he talks about managing people through the parallel, and he had a young uh, grad student, I believe at the University of Texas, that he mentored, and when he did his mentoring, 
was about for, for six months, and he did it on the weekends on his, uh, on his uh, farm. And the guy is talking about that throughout the book and what he learned. And um, it, it was, it's just an incredible short little book that in some ways um, had the greatest impact on me personally. Nice. And then last question, um, what's one piece of great leadership advice that you've gotten? To turn the noise off of the outside world. Everyone's got an opinion. Um, be committed to your path and learn to be consistent and to execute through both good days and challenging days. Amazing. Barry, thanks for taking the time to speak with us. Hopefully our listeners got a lot out of this. You're an amazing leader. You run an amazing organization that protects a lot of families. So we really appreciate you taking the time. Thank you. Thank you, Peter. It's been a, pr a privilege to be with you. Thank you. All right. Until next week. Thanks, team. Thanks so much for joining me for this episode of What's Your Ethos? If you're interested in helping to protect the next million families, come join us. You can learn more about ethos at ethoslife.com. I'll see you next time.